Welcome to the Enchanted Ears Podcast, where we discuss anything and everything Disney. I'm Angela. And I'm Joe. And on today's episode, we're talking about the best and worst cues at Walt Disney World. Ooh, I'm excited for this one. And we have some disagreements. Yes, we do. So if that's not a tease for why you should listen, I don't know what is. Who doesn't love a little bit of good marital bickering? All right, but before we talk about our favorite cues that Walt Disney World has to offer, we're going to talk about the Disney news of the week. From cues to news. So over in Disneyland Paris, their version of Avengers Campus has officially opened. Yeah, it looks really cool, too. Yeah, so we now have two versions of Avengers Campus. Uh, It's interesting. It's similar uh, to an extent. It has a Pimm's Test Kitchen. It has a Spider-Man attraction. And then it has uh, Avengers assemble flight force which is a retheme of rock and roller coaster instead of the tower of terror uh, guardians of the galaxy version i i really enjoy the videos of thor and having people lift mjolnir yeah that's pretty cool uh-huh that, that is pretty neat it's actually i want to try that I, I would like to try <laughs> that too it's interesting as i think about it that they both have a retheme of a previous attraction because yeah. tower of terror got rethemed uh, and then Rock and Roller Coaster got rethemed over there. So, yeah, it's it looks awesome. We're going to be in Disneyland Paris in a couple of weeks. So we're going to check it out. We're pretty excited that yeah. we actually planned a trip for <laughs> yeah. after something opened. I was just going to say, so, we're usually not lucky like that. Yeah, looking forward to that. So uh, stateside, Disney announced that the new Magic Band Plus uh, is officially coming out July 27th. So a few months ago, there were some like randomly for sale. But Disney quickly pulled that and said, no, 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 they're not ready yet. Um, but now we have an official date over at Walt Disney World, July 27th. So these are the enhanced magic bands that you actually have to charge externally, but then they light up and they have haptic feedback. So they're supposed to interact with the 50th anniversary statues or you know interactive games that they may add into the parks or as part of the fireworks show. So I'll be excited to kind of see these, how they actually work out in the wild. Yeah, I think that these will be a really cool added feature and just kind of enhance your park experience this is the kind of cost i don't mind them adding because it's one of those ones where it's like well if you want a little bit extra you can pay money to do this as opposed to some of the other costs that have been incorporated lately that seem like you almost have to pay them to enjoy pay them to enjoy your day on top of a very expensive ticket you're right this is more for somebody that like wants to take an additional step like you don't need this to enjoy the day in the theme parks in the same way like you're i think saying with like lightning lanes like you, you kind of have to pay i already paid a ticket but not I got to pay to ride this ride so I don't have to wait in line. This is just like a little, you know, added bonus if you want to put a little extra money to it. So, yes. uh, and then kind of a slow news week this week. So, <laughs> going to bring up that apparently the Jungle Cruise water at Disneyland turned pink for a little bit. There were some people <laughs> reporting this. Uh, it turns out that they had to treat the water for whatever reason. They decided to do it during normal park hours so everybody got to see the Jungle Cruise pink. I mean, go check it out. It's pretty crazy at to see. At least it wasn't red. Yeah, it's kind of, I mean, reddish pink, but it's interesting to see that uh, just in the middle of the day, it was doing that. They had the ride shut down while they were doing this, but it was closed for a few hours. They treated the water. It cycled through, um, but yeah, quite a sight to see. So go, you know, go Google it. Check out those images uh, if you're interested in that. Yeah, I don't, I actually haven't seen this yet, so I want to check it out when we're done. Um, One other final piece of little news, and again, slow news week, was watching TV but a new season of Gordon Ramsay's Uncharted and Running Wild with Bear Grylls debuts. I think it's uh, uh, 
I almost said August. Uh, fe- what month is this? July, July 25th. So, and one right after another, they'll be on Disney Plus, I believe. So I'm very excited because those are like two of my favorite shows. Really enjoy it. So That's good. That ended a lot better than I thought because I thought you were just going to say it's a slow news week. I was watching TV and I thought you were just going to just talk about TV. So, <laughs> so at least you tied it in. So glad, glad that happened. All right. So let's jump into our main topic. The best and worst queues at Walt Disney World. So this is going to be across all of the theme parks at Walt Disney World. Uh, what are our favorite and least favorite queues? So starting with some of the best. So for me, uh, Haunted Mansion has one of the best queues. Uh, you have... Wholeheartedly agree. You have uh, the tombstones there with all of you know, either former Imagineers or people that worked on the Haunted Mansion. They have kind of like the cool little like riddles and not riddles, but like almost poems type things. Like kind of like the funny little ways that they died. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of interactive elements there. They have the the library with the books that pop out. There's the, the music you can play. There's a lot going on in that queue. And I think it is one that is really well done. You can, I feel like you can ride that ride multiple times and see new things every time, which I think is the hallmark of a great queue. Right. And I mean, the outside of the building, there's a lot of extras on that. You know, if you know about the chess pieces that are up on the roof, I mean, you can actually look for them. I mean, there's just so it's so rich in detail that you're going to miss something every time or there's even um there's like a murder to solve there's the one the one spot where there's all of the different statues and you're trying to figure out who killed who and i haven't figured it out so i I mean just stuff like that that it keeps you mentally engaged while you're waiting in line and it makes the line the queue go quickly everybody loves a good murder mystery yes (laughs) all right another queue that i think is one of the best uh disney's done is on slinky dog dash and you spend a lot of time in that queue because that is a very Ooh, long line. Buddy. Uh, one of the reasons why it's a good queue, so you may be getting into our rationale here for what makes a good queue versus not a good queue. So for me, and then Angela, you can add your criteria here, but for me at least, a couple of things you need to make a good queue. One, it needs to be visually appealing and entertaining. So like we talked about with Haunted Mansion, a lot to look at, captures your attention, keeps you interested throughout. Something that like, again, every time you go, you can see something new. But another big thing is like shading. In Florida, it's very hot. Like a queue where I'm just standing in the sun. Direct sunlight. On concrete is terrible. Not ideal. And Slinky Dog Dash does a great job with shade. Yeah. I I mean, I think that I look for pretty much the same stuff as you. I also enjoy, you know, again, different imaginative elements. So, you know, all of the, I think all of the Toy Story rides, they're a lot of fun because they play with this idea that you are in a toy world. So they use a lot of properties and things that you would have played with. I mean, they definitely play on nostalgia. There has to be a cool creative element that is, you know, acts as a hook. It draws you in. It's kind of like, you know, writing a story or even writing a paper. You need something to draw somebody in. And I think that the best cues do that. Yeah. So I think, you know, you mentioned Toy Story Mania. That's another one of the top cues for the same reason. So on top of with Slinky Dog Dash, on top of being in the shade and, you know, a kind of a reprieve from the sun, both of those cues, like you mentioned, make you feel like you're a toy. There's a lot going on. 
the nice thing about Slinky Dog Dash is the whole queue is basically a setup for explaining the ride, which is also another hallmark of a great mm-hmm. queue mm-hmm. where it explains the backstory of what you're going into. So throughout, you see giant Elmer's glue. You see the <laughs> box for Slinky Dog. You see the box yeah. for the Slinky Dog Dash playset, and it, it shows you all of the pieces that make up the playset. And then, yeah, so you know that you are getting on the ride that Andy built. Exactly. And, and you can see that. And I, I'd have to imagine, I, I've tried to kind of you know, look at it. Does it make sense of you know, the number of vertical support pieces and different things on the box? I was like, I, I bet you that's the number of pieces that they use to make the roller coaster. Probably. Like I'd have to imagine. It seemed like it worked out. So, so yeah, you, you get a good backstory there. Toy Story Mania is another great one because, again, there's a lot going on. There's different board games. There's different toys. You have that Mr. Potato Head animatronic, which yeah. is a great animatronic for them just to throw in a queue. Mm-hmm. I mean, that animatronic could be on an attraction uh, in itself, but then having it in the queue is really great. And, again, that queue also kind of explains what you're going into and gets you prepped for the ride. It's It's about playing games it's fun it's excitement so there's a lot of board games it gets you kind of in that mood of there's going to be a competition there's there's going to be some sort of gamification going on in this and it gets you ready for what you're about to experience and i mean it's perfect because there is so much to see too that you can be standing in line you know with your family and playing like i spy because there's so many colors and things to kind of look for i know last time we went i was giving you little quiz questions because it it just you know it was a long line so we were passing the time and that was definitely a memorable queue experience whereas you know i don't really remember getting in line to ride soren so much yeah so let's jump to a a few of the worst cues. So we have some more best, but, but kind of mixing these in. And I think for all of the reasons why you have a great cue, it's imaginative, it's shaded, things like that. I think the antithesis of that is what makes a terrible cue. And it's, there's little to no theming in it. It's maybe completely outdoors. It's just, you know, like a cue, like you would see at six flags where it's just, <laughs> just cue lines. Yeah, yeah. It's just, you know, switchbacks of cue lines. And I do think one of those attractions, you mentioned Soaring. I think Soaring is like that. Like, it's very much just a standard queue. They have that game playing on the TVs that they try to make it interesting while you're waiting in line there, but you have to play on your phone. And I don't even know if that works. I feel like nobody ever plays it and they just throw up random results. And there's really not a lot going on in that queue. And it feels very much just like, I'm standing in line here and I just, I move a foot and I wait, I move a couple feet and I wait. And there's really, there's really not that much to capture your attention. And I I will be honest. I tend to skip that ride because I don't want to wait in that queue very long. That queue is pretty miserable. Um, you know, you it's not a nice looking inside of the show building. They have those giant screens there, but We've talked about this before. It is a bad cue when you have to force your guests to be on their phones to draw their attention away from the fact that you are there's nothing engaging around them. And again, I don't think anybody plays that game. If you've ever played that game actually <laughs> on your phone, not just standing there playing along, but literally sent in your answers, let us know because I don't <laughs> I do not think that anybody's ever actually answered that game and I think they just make up what the results are on that screen. I think it's interesting because the land pavilion 
has terrible cues all around. <laughs> and I think because that pavilion's kind of old, because living with the land's not a great cue, the good thing is you're in it for 30 seconds because you walk right on it, but it's just it's just straight cue. It's just kind of switchbacks. There's really not much about it. I think you're probably going to mention like the inspirational. Yeah. Quotes. I, I see you I getting gonna, ready to say something. Yeah. I was going to say, I, I, it is so short. I do appreciate the inspiration, inspirational quotes. And sometimes I enjoy being caught in line just a little bit, just to read the quotes, but you are, you are correct. I, I always enjoy because you love the ride so much. You're so full of anticipation. It, it makes the queue fine because it just gets you be like, you know, you run through the queue. You run yeah. through the queue as fast as possible. I yeah. will say it's interesting because that is my favorite if, ride at Epcot. I wonder if there's anybody else that's like in the, in the Joe, Joe club of just loving living with the land. Everybody look, <laughs> I'm legitimately look on the internet. I think, I mean, I like it too, but you are like over the top. About I, it. I would argue that most theme park fans, if you are a, a real theme park fan, especially if you're an Epcot fan, Living with the land is in your top three attractions of all time at a theme park. I, I would argue that 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 a lot of people are like that. I really get that vibe from you know people online, YouTube, things like that. People really do hype up Living with the Land, and it's a great ride. I mean, it is I, a I thing. Of, it. It's a thing of beauty. I I think that some of the ride needs updated, but the the actual plants and seeing the Living with the Land that part really just amazes me yeah that amazes me because it's just it's so meticulous it's so inventive it's different and it's functional and all of those things you know the the intersection of that i mean this is quite the tangent here but yeah it it is it is a great ride yes but with all that being said i can still say the queue's terrible it's just i'm glad you go through it pretty quickly (laughs) what's interesting is some of these you know as we're going through them in the same land you have two attractions. One has a great queue. Yeah. One has a bad queue. So one of them that has a great queue is Flight of Passage. So Pandora as a whole is a phenomenal land. Absolutely love it. it there's just so much going on. It's so visually stunning. And Flight of Passage being a top tier attraction, they do great with the queue. There's a lot going on. Uh, you know, there's outdoor portions, there's indoor portions. You go through the cave. There's a lot of greenery. There is that bioluminescent forest inside the queue. There is that the lab, the lab with the animal trunk. There's actually a bathroom in it, which I think you have to give it a point for in terms of and queuing. a water bottle refiller. Yeah. So in, in terms of queuing, you know, they have those type of things. There's there's seating on kind of like some benches. So the fact that you're going through different environments and rooms. And again, it's helping to build the story where you're traveling from the base of the mountain through kind of the history of the Navi with the cave paintings and then into their forest and then into the lab that has taken over and is now running these uh, Banshee flights. It helps build your story. It helps captivate it in you. And there's a lot to look at as well, especially in that lab. All of those things come together just to make a phenomenal, phenomenal cue. Now, I know that this next thing that I'm going to mention about this is a point of contention between you and I, where where does the ride start and the cue end? Because some of these have like a before show. And so I kind of am considering the before show part. Pre-show. Yeah, the pre-show part of the cue, whereas I think you look at it as it's part of the ride. But I cannot stand the video before Flight of Passage's Passage. I'm not saying it's a bad ride. Oh, no, I'm, it's terrible. It's horrible. There's And there's several of them, and I know that they do it to try to 
set it up and explain it. It, it is just, I, I guess it's the, the spoiled person in me right, having ridden it so many times. It's boring, but well, I think it still th- is a great cue. So I think to answer your question, yes, I consider the pre-show not part of the queue. So as you're queuing, everybody's in line. I think at the point where they then take a group of people. So when they ask you, okay, how many are in your group? Okay. You 15 people enter here and you're waiting in line. You kind of have an assigned number. So in, in flight of passage, you have an assigned number. Some of the other attractions, they take groups. I think at that point, that's pre-show. So like tower of terror, when they take you into the room and that's a weird mix. Cause there's a pre-show and then a queue. Um, but oh, yeah. I, I kind of consider that, the pre-show and not part of the queue because you're not in just a massive line. So, but I will agree with you, the flight of passage, that, that video, it's kind of cringy. I think the problem with it is, is there's, there's two rooms and they basically say the same thing twice. Like I think if they would have had one video and one room, it wouldn't be that bad. But the fact that you go in, you listen to the scientists, give his spiel. Then you go into another room and you listen to another scientist basically say the same thing. It's like, didn't we just hear this? Why can't we get on the ride? It's taking too long. I think that's what part of the problem is. Because during the pandemic, they cut one of those and you just did the second video. And it was nice. And it was a lot better. And so I think that's what part of the problem is. It's not that it's... it, Not that it, the, there's an issue with the video. It's the fact that they basically repeat themselves. Well, also the thing that I don't like about it is that it's reminiscent of the dinosaur cue. Like that show, you have like the blundering male scientist who's kind of, you know, doesn't really know what he's doing or going against the female scientist. It's like, we have to follow the rules. So, I, But in this I, one, is, they're not working against each no, other. No, they're, they're not. They're not. Together. They're not. But I'm just saying like there's, it's like an archetype that they have in both rides. So they seem similar. Um, like just, it's just like kind of a blundery. I mean, I think the, the guy in dinosaurs is not, he knows what he's doing. Whereas, yeah, he knows what he's doing. Again, I think it's more just the repetition of it. I don't know. Uh, because again, it does remind me of that now that I think of it though. It does. No, it's very similar, but I think the fact that yeah, you're maybe waiting in line for like two hours for this ride and then you just go through a video and then another video. Like, I think that gets a little bit repetitive, but again, I consider that pre-show not cute. The other attraction in Pandora, Navi River Journey, I think has one of the worst cues. It's nice that it's shaded, so it's not the worst of the worst, but for as immersive as Flight of Passage's cue is and how it builds into the story, Navi River Journey is just basically a cue that you would get at any theme park. The only difference is they put a roof over it so you're not <laughs> standing out in the sun. Otherwise, it doesn't tell you anything about the ride. Doesn't the ceiling have like the woven you know, fibers of like the Navi people. But that could be anywhere. I mean, that, that could, you know, be anywhere in animal kingdom, that woven ceiling. Uh, I feel like that the, it's nothing, there's nothing uniquely Pandoran about it for me. Now, again, it's shaded. So it's not the worst of the worst, but I don't think that's a great cue. And it's interesting how in the same land, you have an incredible cue and you have a cue where we're like, ah, oh, we'll just throw some queuing here and we'll be good. <laughs> well, it's almost like, it seems like, oh yeah, we ran out of money. <laughs> like it could be. that's kind of what it seems like to me. Another kind of duality like that is in galaxy's edge. So it's interesting that these new lands that they've built have this kind of great queue, bad queue. In Galaxy's Edge, I'm going to start with with the bad one. I think Rise of the Resistance is not a great queue, which is interesting because Rise, I feel like, is comparable to Flight of Passage in both that they are the main attraction in the land, mm-hmm. and they are 
leaps ahead in advancements in technology and where they did a great job in, in creating an immersive queue for Flight of Passage, I, I think they kind of just gave up on the queue for Rise of the Resistance. It's basically... Uh, you know, it's in a cave, you're in the resistance cave. And so it's just a lot of rock work. Now, Flight of Passage has a lot of rock work, but again, it, it switches to a forest, it switches to a lab. Whereas in Rise of the Resistance, it's just, it feels like you're just walking through some caves and you just keep going switch back to switch back. And I know you're going to disagree with me on this because, again, this is where we disagree on pre show versus queue. But I, I don't consider all that pre show part of the queue. So it's, it's really boring. Refresh my memory. Is is Rise the one that has like the gear in it that is that's in the you there know, is. Like the display case? So I will give you that. There's so, like a bicycle. So at the end, there is some uh, gear for um, like the flight crew and different things. And I even believe there's seating in that. There is seating in that, but you got to walk through a lot of cave and a lot of switchbacks to get to that. And again, is a little bit of gear really worth it? I don't think so. Yeah, so this one, I think this one is tough. I don't necessarily agree that it's bad. Uh, I will say for a newer ride, you think they'd know better. Um, and I think that that's maybe where you're kind of getting that opinion from because it is it is a little frustrating that, yeah, there's there's not a little bit more to it. I think that almost like they knew off the bat that this is so revolutionary and they spent so much on the inside of the ride that they were just like, eh, these people are, you know, they're going to appreciate the ride. And also, um, you're not going to wait for a really long time for this ride because we're going to use virtual queuing um, for, at least for a while. I, I mean, was going to say virtual queuing is out the window. I mean, you're waiting hours now. Right. There's definitely people in standby Right. Lines. But I mean, I, I think that it's really interesting because... I view, and if we use your own standards, the part that one of my favorite parts of Rise is the cast members who are part of the First Order, and this is after you've been separated into groups, um, they're just so funny and so like deadpan and so serious and they're hilarious. But you do hit the room with all of the stormtroopers before you're separated out. So I would say that is part of the queue, and that is impressive. Yeah, I, I know when we talked about this beforehand, you kind of included the uh, you know scene with the hologram and the, the ship transport and when you're getting on the, uh, the the bridge of the ship and all the stormtroopers you were like no it's great the queue is great what are you talking about because you're including all of that as part of the queue whereas I very much see that as pre-show even potentially part of the, part ride. Of the ride experience and I think Disney even themselves includes that because they you know when it first was being talked about, you know, they were talking that this is a 15 or 20 minute ride because they're including that ship transport as part of the attraction. That's, you know, a, a ride vehicle. The, the whole uh, scene in the interrogation is part of the ride. So I think even they kind of include that as part of the ride where they see is when you get in and you see Ray and BB-8, that's kind of starting your experience at that point. So I kind of view that as, as well. And so I'm, not including that. So I think to your point, if, if you consider that cue still, then yes, it's a phenomenal cue, but I'm not considering that. And so I think just that cave piece of it is rather bland. So uh, the other attraction in Galaxy's Edge is Smuggler's Run. And I think that is a very good cue. And again, it's interesting that you kind of have one that's good, one that's bad. I wouldn't say very good, but it is good. It is good. I think what's what's good about that this one is is you have 
a full-size replica of the Millennium Falcon, which is impressive that to, to yeah. walk under and around. Then you get an aerial view of it. No matter how many times I ride that ride, it's still impressive to see that in person yeah. because it is so well done and it's so detailed. And then when you're in the attraction, there is a lot going on because that giant ride vehicle, I don't really know, or I don't know what that thing is in the middle of the main room that makes the noises and lights up. Yeah. There's like a turbine in yeah, there. That's there's, cool. there's an engine. There's a lot of boxes and shipping containers. And, and, you know, you can kind of explore a little bit to see some Easter eggs about what are they shipping? Again, it helps set what's happening. Cause there's the mechanics talking and you kind of hear like, okay, stuff's not going well. They talk about Hondo Anaka and they talk about the transports and everything. So you get a little bit of flavor for what's happening and there's just more going on to capture your attention again, versus where I feel like rise of the resistance. You're just walking through caves, constantly going back and forth. These queue lines. <laughs> you're spelunking in the middle of, of your, your experience. Yeah. I think it is a, a much better queue. Like I mentioned, they, there's that big tur- turbine or engine. I do think that, it does get kind of boring once you go. See, there's the one side that goes past the Millennium Falcon where the windows are and you're seeing the upper part. But then whenever it twists back around, that part is rather boring. It's not my favorite cue, but I do think that somebody who is super enamored with Star Wars is going to love it. So I do think it is a good cue. Another cue that I think is is good, not great, but good uh, is Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Rail. And again, this goes with my definition of what a what a, a line is, but I enjoy the posters. I enjoy watching them change. I enjoy the fact that they're on like a, or they look like they're on a roller, like the old movie posters were, but they're entirely digital. I enjoy the connection to the cartoons that I've watched um, that I can watch on Disney+. And I also do enjoy the pre and again i'm counting the pre-show as part of it i think that that is really fun i look forward to the pre-show because when we first rode that ride the pre-show wasn't running <laughs> so it's just and that's actually the the cartoon so if you've not read right. mickey minnie's runaway railway they actually have a uh, mickey mouse short as part of it and they have some interesting effects won't spoil it if you haven't seen it but they have some interesting effects and it is a unique way to get you into the ride right and i mean again it is a pre-show but there is more queuing after that so i i still kind of consider it part of the queue and i just think that that is really cool do i think they could have probably done more yes but i do appreciate what it is that they did yeah i i think you like that attraction and so i think you view <laughs> yeah. the queue a little bit better little rose colored glasses yeah, going I mean, on it's, there it's very much a, a regular queue it definitely has a little bit more theming than just kind of like your, again, generic cue from a, your local theme park or something. Um, so I think it's solid. I think what's interesting is looking at this list as you were talking, I was kind of looking through our picks for the best cues. All the best cues seem to be at Hollywood Studios. You have Slinky yeah. Dog Dash, Toy Story Mania, Smuggler's Run. And then you have another one. You have Tower of Terror, right. which is at, at Hollywood Studios as well. And, you know, Tower of Terror is is a great cue again it's shaded which is nice the whole just kind of seeing the hotel it, it has that spooky vibe it, it sets you in that right headspace for what is about to happen when you enter the lobby 
it's so well done. I mean, I kind of find myself sometimes wanting to go and brush cobwebs. Like, why is there so many cobwebs in <laughs> or, here? Or picking up the objects as you tried last time. Yeah, yeah, try, yeah try picking up some of the objects and they're glued down. But it's like, I, I find myself going to see like, why don't they clean in here? And it's like, and then you remember, oh no, they've probably cleaned. These are strategically placed cobwebs. It's it's just it's so well done. Do they so clean well though? I mean, they don't I think, have to. I think they clean in there, and they I mean, make they sure those trash. They make sure those cobwebs are perfectly placed in there. But oh no, that spider's supposed to be there. It's it's uh <laughs> it's very well done, and it it is one of the the better cues Disney has to offer because again, it gets you in the story, it gets your mind in the right place for what you're about to ride. It really sets the tone. You get a great shot of the facade of the hotel. So you get to see people riding the ride as well, which is always interesting where you kind of get to see, okay, this is what's going to you know, be happening to me. And you kind of hear their screams, which just adds to the overall ambiance of the attraction. The one thing I wish about this ride though, I wish we spent more time in the lobby. There's so much to look at in there. And I wish that the line like, wended through all of that because I want to get a closer look at some of the things in the back of the room. And so I, I, that's something that I feel like, you know, if they, they couldn't quite make the ride building maybe big enough and that's part of the problem. I wish that we were in there longer, but I love the sign by the elevators, how it's old and how, some of the letters are missing and some of the words are repeated. So I think that is also a really cool detail. There's a lot of details to check out. Um, also, the number of ventriloquist dolls in there is is weird. I mean, there's just a lot of cool stuff in yeah, there. Yeah, there's definitely a lot going Somebody on. definitely went and just had a field day at a garage sale. Our last cue for our best cues is Frozen Ever After. So this one is really a spectacular cue because it helps to as we mentioned before build the story you see little um tapestries about you know anna and elsa of arendale you get into like the little city and they have the flags above it you go into so my favorite part about it is oaken's whenever you go in and there's a steam room and he's inside the steam room and that video changes. So sometimes he's drawing pictures, sometimes he's talking, sometimes he's singing. I mean, that's a lot of fun and it's so fun to get caught in there. I kind of, again, I wish that that part was a little bigger so that you spent more time in there. All in all, I think it's a an enjoyable cue. A lot of it is indoors. So it's air conditioned, which is one of the few reprieves in Epcot, it feels like from the heat. So all in all, it's a really nice ride that sets it up beautifully. Yeah, I remember the first time I rode that attraction and went in there and just entered the actual kind of portion when you're in their village. It is meant to be kind of you're in, you know, the the village of Arendelle. You have all of like the houses and buildings and they kind of use the force perspective to make it seem like there's more there. And I remember I'm just not sure like they, they use the force. <laughs> I'm like they might okay. use the force. But I, I remember really just like being in awe of that, of just how magical that seemed and Mm -hmm. and you know it's like the night sky so they kind of have like some lights up there that kind of make it look like there's maybe stars in the sky so but it's dark up there and so you don't know you know like kind of how far it goes and it it has just just a a bit of an awe like i just remember walking into that and just kind of being like awe inspired by it because it was so well done and you know, it, it definitely doesn't have maybe as much detail as some of these other cues that we've talked about earlier 
uh, in the episode, but it definitely has a lot of detail and it definitely helps bring you into the story. Like you mentioned, the tapestries at the beginning, it kind of is setting, you know, what's happening, that this is, you know, a celebration we're having. This is why we're here, what we're being invited to. You mentioned Oaken, you know, is great for some kind of like comedic relief and things in there. And I think overall, again, just when you can walk into a queue and just feel something by just being in that queue, you're not even on the ride yet. Right. And just, just seeing that queue, I think that just shows you how special of a queue it is. Frozen Ever After, you know, speaking of that, kind of stands in stark contrast to our last worst ride queue, which is Space Mountain. And it pains my heart to say that because I love Space Mountain, but it is the most boring queue. It's dark. It's hard to see where you're going. I know that I've heard people before um, even make comments that they can't see. And it's just... It's really bad, like yeah. epically bad. Yeah, actually. I think in the same way, and it's a good point. It is a stark contrast to Frozen Ever After because I think in the same way of, I walked in there the first time, and and you feel a sense of awe and wonder. I don't think anybody feels a sense of wonder or awe walking through Space Mountain. You're right. I think the fact that you tr- almost trip over the person in front of you mm-hmm. multiple times while waiting for that cue. Or you just kind of trip because you're not fully aware of where you're going because it is so dimly lit in there to the point where I'm almost surprised they're allowed to keep it. Yeah, it seems like a liability. Yeah, like I feel like the lights are kind of burning out. They just haven't had the money to replace them at this point. Um, But I I think the fact that you have that and and it almost is like a tripping hazard just goes to show you like how bad of a cue it is. And they do have a little bit to try to you know, tell you like they have some stuff about galaxies and stars and whatnot, but not really enough to keep your interest. It's definitely dated. You can tell like they have not updated it lately and it, it really shows. And yet overall, it's just like how long and it's just one long straight line. So you're like, how long am I going to be in this queue? Yeah, I look forward to riding Space Mountain in France because I think that you know, it's, it's a different take on it. I'm interested to see if they've updated the, the queue any because this one is it's just so bad. I mean, you're getting on, you're going to space. So then if you're going to space, it should tell the story of going to space. They should get you ready. They should take you to like mission control and and really kind of focus on getting you prepared to go on this ride. And so, you know, as we talked about at the top of the episode, it doesn't really set that story up. It's just like, hey, we're we're going into a spacey kind of ride. So here's some spacey kind of stuff. It just seems a little bit like spaghetti thrown at the wall. Um, see what's stuck and, you know, they put some nebulas up or whatever. Yeah, I mean, you can definitely tell, again, this is an older attraction and it was built at a time where the ride was kind of the highlight and the queue was an afterthought. It's like people are just going to be standing in line we don't really care what they're doing. They're going to stand in line because they want to ride this ride. Whereas now I think there's more emphasis on we need to keep people entertained while they're in a queue. Now, a lot of it is the Disney Parks Play app. So, it, you know, it's stuff on your phone. But they have been adding more interactivity into queues or, you know, more Easter eggs or story elements into the queues, again, to kind of keep you entertained and to help pass the time. Whereas, yeah, I feel like Space Mountain kind of shows its age in that regard where there's really nothing to do in that queue. And 
it's almost like they keep it dark in there so that you can't really realize there's nothing <laughs> going on in this queue. But yeah, overall, not a great it's queue. Like, it's like, you know, maybe the the uh, the guest's object permanence hasn't, you know, set in yet. So if they can't see it, it doesn't exist. Yeah. Great <laughs> ride. Terrible queue. It is interesting, though, because if you think about, I mean, Space Mountain was built in 1975. And so we're saying, yeah, it's older. So that's why its queue's not good. But Haunted Mansion... It opened in 1963, and it has one of the best queues. Yeah, so, but I doubt those interactive elements were, were there. original. Yeah, exactly. It, so. yeah, but it is very interesting when you think about it, because they are relatively original to the park. I mean, they're not, but they are. Yeah, I mean... Like, it, it's a relative thing, but... It's a good point. I mean, you made a good point about Space Mountain of it should kind of get you prepped for the ride. I mean, put some, like, spacesuits out there. Right. I mean, do, you know, do something more than just, like, naming nebulas... Uh, on some screens to kind of get you hyped for going to space. But yeah, great ride. One of the worst queues mm-hmm. at Magic Kingdom. So yes. that wraps up our list. I'm sure our listeners are screaming, what about this one? What about that one? <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of a lot of queues too that are just like, hey, it's a queue. But I think we try to pick some that either stand out for an epic reason of why they kind of stand out as being bad or why they stand out as being great. But we would love to hear uh, what your comments are. What's your favorite cue? What's the cue that you hate standing in line in and you just <laughs> would would wish you got through it into the ride as quickly as possible because it's the absolute worst. You, you do a lightning lane just to get through it faster. Yes, you would pay any amount of money to get through this queue. We'd love to hear it. Uh, let us know over on Facebook or on our website, enchantedears.com. You can also send us uh, any questions or future topics you'd like us to discuss over on our website as well, enchantedears.com slash podcast question. We love hearing from our listeners, love uh, you know answering questions or hearing ideas for future shows. I want to thank everybody again for listening this week. On next week's show, we're going to be discussing the 10 reasons that we love the Magic Kingdom. If you've not done so already, please leave us a rating or a review. Subscribe wherever you get your podcast. It really helps, and we really appreciate it. Thanks for lending us your ears. Have a great week, everybody, and we'll see you here next Monday. Bye-bye.